0: Welcome back to Snacks. I'm Sam Lewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And this is a show about women's soccer, but it's also a show about sleep deprivation because I oh, feel like that's what I have right now.
1: Oh, my dear. Lynn, why are you sleep deprived?
0: Because we played a game last night and we got rain delayed. And so I didn't get home until late. And then naturally, like a lunatic, I was like, I'm going to mount my TV right now. And then I didn't <laughs> go to bed till three o'clock. <laughs> oh, no. Did you sleep in at least? Yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to get up this morning at 4:40 to go to the airport to leave for camp, but then that flight got canceled. So now I'm not on um I'm on a 8:30 flight. You so sound I, sleep deprived. I am sleep deprived. So like thank goodness, I guess, for the sleep situation that I was able to sleep in, I guess. Yeah. I like well, but like after games you can't really sleep, you know? I know. I want to hear more about how mounting your TV went, but first
1: I want to tell everybody what we're doing on the podcast today. We are doing week two games in the NWSL, and we're going to talk about the World Cup, and we're going to have Julie Foudy <laughs> on, and we're going to do some Ask Snacks. Yeah, but before we get to that, let's go back to my TV. <laughs> yeah,
0: please. You are mounting a TV at 3 a.m. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. Well, okay. So I had friends come to the game, um, and before that, I was like, I need to mount my TV. One, I am one-armed, and two, like I just... I have yeah, drill. What? How did you pick up the TV? Well, let me tell you. I didn't do it. So I was like, okay, you guys like I have the mount, I have everything. Can you guys please drill it on there? So they're drilling it and it's just going into the drywall. So naturally, it's just like falling off. Like we need the drywall anchors, but I thought these were special screws because in the last apartment they worked. They end up not working in this one. I am so, horrified. I know. So they start to mount the TV <laughs> and I can watch it like, like slightly fall off the wall. And I go, I don't trust that. So then we took the TV off and we just put the stands on. So now I just have holes in my wall and no TV on the wall, yeah, just, just on the stands. On and then after that, he goes, yeah, I'm not very handy. And I go, well, you could have led with that. You <laughs> should have called. It sounds like a situation for Kristen Hamilton. I know. Hamer Hamilton. you to fly her out really miss her for lots of reasons, but that is one of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree.
0: So yeah, that was like a little psychotic of me to do so late after the game. But like I said, you can't really sleep after a game anyways, and I was in a rage. So
1: Well, yeah, we've all been there when you make a decision to do something and it is not the right time or place. No,
0: it wasn't. And it doesn't go well. No. But anyways, what have you been up to? Well,
1: my sister-in-law, Catherine, lives with us and she just got a new puppy so we've been having like a puppy party. I know. Does Finn love the new puppy? What's Finn? the new puppy's name? Her name is Fran. So we have Fran. Finn, Finn and Fran running around the house. Finn loves her. He makes this noise a lot. Rrr, 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 while they like fight. That was actually so accurate. Really good, actually. It was really, really good. He, and he like jumps at her and he tries to pick her up by the back of the neck. And like, he's just acting like they're, they get along so well. Like they play all day and then thin pants. Like he's so tired and the puppy just falls
0: asleep. Wow. They never need to go on a walk ever again. I, yeah, kind of seriously. Does this make you want to get another dog? Um, like, no, if she like moved out, would you want to get another dog? Uh, maybe someday, but the whole puppy thing, like
1: she gets up three times in the night and has to oh, take her no, out and she whines and like, I love her. So it's, it's like so fun having her around, but I don't have to do any of that. So like, it's easier for me, you know? Yeah. You like forgot that you did that with Finn and you did not want to go back. No, it was, and I had help too. And she's just kind of single mothering that bad little pup. Yeah. (laughs) So she's, so she's a legend, but we have a puppy party going on in the house and that's been the most
0: exciting thing that happened to me this week. I love that for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I have nothing. I don't really, I didn't really do anything this week. I feel like now that Gotham soccer started, like I really got to get my fashion game up for like the walkthroughs. So I've been like browsing the web. Wow. But other than that, I do. Oh my gosh. I'm watching, um, the last of us right now. Yeah. So I have two more, two more episodes to go. I've watched the whole thing in two days. Yeah. It's amazing. You know what I'm I just watched? Time. I know
1: this show is old, but I crushed through nine perfect strangers. Oh my God. It was one of those shows where I, it was ruining my life because I couldn't do anything else except watch. I would wake up in the morning and make my breakfast and go back into my bed and watch. I don't think I've seen that. You sh- that should be next. It's so good. Okay, great. Do you have anything else while I'm in camp? I'll, I'll text him to you. Uh, if Hashtag I can... tell
0: snacks. Tell Lynn. Yeah. What to watch, yeah. Show recommendations,
1: all right. Well, should we move on to soccer stuff? Yeah,
0: okay. Um, what games did you watch? But well, you there was a game on before your game, right? Yeah, so there was Portland, um, Kansas City. I watched that one. Did you watch that? I did watch it, yes. I watched it and I was bummed. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I immediately text Crystal because I was like, What the hell was that goal? Like, that was sick. She just, like, turned around and was like, oh, here's the ball. And then immediately had a perfect touch and then blasted in the, into the goal. I was like, Crystal, I know. that was wild. I know. It was very Crystal. Um,
1: she scored, yeah, right away in the third minute. She is playing midfield again, and she's, I just wish there was just more of her. Like, she's just I so know. good at every position she plays. It's crazy.
0: I know. She really is. I uh, She's just so technical and, like, sneaky. She's got those hips that can just, like – her hips could hip. be, yeah. She her hips could be facing one way, and somehow yeah. she kicks the ball the complete opposite direction. And I'm like, how yeah. did you even do that? With I know your hip impingement. I, it's, it's like wild. a weapon. It's like a weapon. Yeah. So
1: she was great. Sophia Smith scored a hat trick. I don't know how we buried that lead, but Sophia Smith scored a hat trick. Um, yeah. obviously In- she's playing great right now too. In Portland
0: again, like we said it last week, they just look like they're already like gelled. I know. I like. I'm. Curious because they didn't have much off-season movement. If that's why they mm. look like they're in mid-season form, yeah, they do. I know. But but they also have like a, a bunch of great players. Like I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Let's see who can stop Portland. Calm yeah. them down a bit. Yeah. Um, but also, um, Dabinia, she made her debut. She did. She was injured last weekend. And then Mm -hmm. she
1: came on and played like for about 20, 25 minutes for Kansas city, which was really exciting. Uh, it was Kansas city's home opener and they had over 11,000 people, which is a new record. Um, so obviously not the result that we want to see from Kansas city, but there
0: is always another game. I know it's like they had the same issue as last, um, game. They have like so many injuries. I'm just interested to see like how they do when everybody gets back and they start gelling together and all, all the things.
1: Yeah, um, for sure.
0: Well, I didn't watch the San Diego game because I was in a game and in a rain delay. Yes. I watched the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there were some good goals. Um, but yeah, San Diego beat North Carolina 3-1. to And then we can talk about your game, unfortunately.
0: We can. Oh, let's talk about the Red Stars and Dash first. Because our game was last. Their game was before us. And I did oh. get to watch like a little teeny bit of that and all i have to say is they looked like they were playing in a tornado that was wild <laughs> like the wind was crazy um i i like i don't understand what's happening with the weather but like th- i think the wind is the worst weather to play in like yeah between like snow rain all that it wind affects is terrible. the game so much so much you think you like you'll be looking to be like i'm gonna bring down this ball it's gonna be perfect and then all of a sudden the ball is in a different direction yeah you're like what on earth I know. I like totally agree. You would, I feel like you would think the
1: stadiums would like block the wind more. Right.
0: But it like makes like a vortex tunnel or something. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Was that what it was like in your game? No, our game was beautiful after the rain situation. But when we train sometimes, because it's like on a, uh, empty field, the wind is wild. Like it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. Um, but yeah, I guess now we can talk about my game. So we lost, yeah. unfortunately. Um, we had a rain delay. I feel yeah, like it's how like does really, that affect, how well, does that affect like players? It's like early in the season for a rain delay. Don't you feel? Like, yeah. I feel like in the summer we get that, but, um, it's been so cold here. And then all of a sudden yesterday it was 70 degrees. So yeah. I don't know much about weather, but I think that creates a storm. <laughs> A big, big lightning Sounds strike. Sounds right. Meteorologist. <laughs> Thank you. I just think that like you, you're just waiting. You don't know. Cause so how it goes is, um, after, after every lightning strike, you have to wait 30 minutes. So you could see the storm and you're like, okay, from this second, we can start warming up in 30 minutes. And then, so you're starting to prepare and then another strike will happen. And you're like, okay, from now it will be 30 minutes. And yeah. so that just kept happening. <clears throat> And then we're like, okay, well, we need to get some food because we, the last time we ate was to be prepared for a 730 game. But now we're yeah. not kicking off until whatever. And they brought us chicken fingers, french fries, and a pretzel. I go, girls, Aww. this is wild food. Do not eat this. So then we had somebody else go out and get us like peanut butter and, sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grapes from like the store. I think one of the girls went to the store. I mean, I guess, what else are you going to do? I don't know. I have no idea. It was wild. So we well, just kept being like, okay, we're going to start. We're going to stop. We're going to start. We're going to stop. Um, and then, and then we lost. Well,
1: yes. Unfortunately, you guys lost. What happened with your show situation? That was the talk of the town. Again, you're, you're just making headlines week after week. Not great ones. Well, they're for crazy reasons. The elbow situation, and then you're running around out there with an elbow cast on, your shoes falling
0: off. Yeah, Lynn's shenanigans are back. (laughs) Two games in and a double shenanigan. I know.
1: I can only imagine what's going to happen next game. Hopefully three goals.
0: Oh. Um, Yeah. That would be ideal. Um, No, okay. So, Michelle, I don't know if you guys know about her. this about her, but she has like a... A finger situation where her <laughs> she can't bend one of her fingers. It's actually pretty crazy. But I couldn't tie my shoe before the game because I was in the cast and she was the closest person next to me. So I go, Mish, can you please tie my shoe for me? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, are you sure you can do this? And she's like, yeah, I can do it. So she ties my shoe like so to the side that it was like, I think it was just like a little loose. Yeah. And then, and then did you get your, did you get like flat tired? Yeah. And then then I got got like, yeah. So then I got flat tired. So it was just like a perfect situation of like, my shoe was slightly loose and you flat tired me. And so it flung right off. Well, I flung it off. I said, get off my foot. Oh my. Well, I was like, okay, I have her beat, but like I have now I can't run because there's (laughs) Well, then you – I mean, you made a great pass right afterwards. Thank you. I thought she was going to one-time it, but she did not. That's okay. It's okay. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Sometimes you don't see the players there. Sometimes you do. So it's it's fine. But, yeah, yeah, that's basically what happened. She stepped on my shoe, and me shouldn't tie it tight enough. (laughs) And then Um –
1: I also saw that Sinead got her first minutes uh, since she's been back
0: playing. How was that? Sinead got her first minutes in almost eight years. And I felt like she got in the game. And even every day when I see her at training, like she's so technically good. Mm -hmm. That half the time I'm like, Sinead, give me the ball. Like if I'm defending her, I'm like, just give it to me. But (laughs) I can't get it off of her. And I felt like um, she came into the game. And even though we unfortunately lost, like I thought she brought a lot of like control to the midfield and was able to just seems yeah. to get right up in there
1: that's so great well i'm happy for her the g- The one game we missed um was louisville spirit yeah um oh. and there were some great goals in that game ari borges scored for louisville in her first NBL game that one was that was mm-hmm. the left foot kind of like blast yeah. right and then abby ursig had also scored a header did um, you see abby's yeah header she really got up there. She really, I was like, she got a running start and nobody even got in her way. <laughs> I know. She flew so high. I was like, holy crap, you're really high up there. It was, it was really sick. I was happy for her. Um, so yeah. Louisville and Spirit tied two to two. Yeah. Um, some, some crazy games and some crazy goals. So last weekend, there was a 48 48- percent increase in attendance from opening weekend in 2022 isn't
0: that just marvelous yeah it's incredible I think that like the league is just booming I feel like um I don't know who we talked about this with but it's like from year one to year nine I felt like we were slowly like increasing and but it was just like so like we're still doing the same stuff and we're still playing in the same stadiums and we still have the same issues. And obviously we still have like a lot of room to grow. But after last year to, and especially this year, I feel like it's just been like, boom, like, yeah, I totally agree. I think there's been
1: such huge changes more recently. Um, and it's just super exciting. Like, I think you see all the layers of work over Mm -hmm. the last 10 years, finally starting to really, be noticeable by the players and by the fans too, clearly as all these people are watching and going to games.
0: I know it's, it's pretty incredible to watch and just be a part of, I feel like a lot of players don't get You're either like the new players now are just like, Oh, this is what it is. And then older players are, wow. What millennials we are. (laughs) We are literally millennials in every sense of the word. I know. So it's just like, we're like being able to watch this transition and like be really a part of it. And I think that that's, been really cool to watch. I know. It's super exciting. Well,
1: um, we have Julie Fowdy coming on this episode to talk a lot more about the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we get to that, the U.S. Women's National Team April camp roster was announced this week. Um, Lynn and all the girls are about to fly to Austin. Uh, They're playing Ireland twice. Um, And then the second game's in St. Louis. So
0: how are you feeling about camp? I'm excited. It's obviously like the last camp before uh, the roster comes out. And, um, so I think it's just the last time to get together and solidify like all yeah. of the the principles and all of our knowledge and, and apply them into these two games. So I would say that this is a huge camp last time that they get to see you kind of like in person and like have, I was going to say control of you, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. right there, obviously we still have like all of April and all of May to play yeah. um, in June, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also like, yeah, it's like crunch time.
1: Yeah, it's it definitely is crunch time. I know I like feel stress for <laughs> all my good friends who are like in this, just because I remember the, it's just such like a heightened time, like yeah. emotionally, physically, there's so much happening. There's so much going on. And you're kind of just like, we need the roster. We need the roster. We need the roster. But it's still a, a little bit of ways away. Um, a huge headline on the roster is that Julie Ertz is coming back into camp. And we're going to talk to Julie Foudy a little bit about that. But um, she has been out. She had a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's coming back into camp, which is really
0: exciting for her and, and see where she's at. Yeah. I'm excited to see Julie back playing. Um, I think that, you know, coming back from, I mean, I I have never had a baby, but we both know coming back from an injury, especially being out Mm -hmm. for a long time, just getting back into the flow of things and seeing like patterns on the field again. And, knowing like, okay, can I make this tackle? Are my distances correct? Do I yeah. want to make this tackle? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, I'm just interested to see like how, what she's been doing and how that transitions into the national team. But um, we're excited. I think everybody's excited to see her back. Um, she was obviously a huge staple on the team and we'll see how this goes for the whole the whole team, not just Julie. We got like Casey back in there too. Yeah. I know, it's super
1: exciting. I'm excited to watch your games against Ireland. Um, I think it's like, I mean, yeah, these are the last, you'll have a send-off game, right, before the World Cup. Yeah. But then and
0: besides then the that, World- I, I this is Do like you- it. Do you have like any advice for this time right now? Because you've been a part of it before. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, part of me is like literally just get keep your
1: head down and just grind and like Rage. it's not. Like, it's not like you can take a rest. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you, I mean, obviously rest where you can, but you just like have to do it and you have to do everything and -hmm. you have to be attentive and you have to fly here and you have to get back for this game and you have to like, so I just think like, understand that it's not like this stress and this craziness isn't permanent. And like, this Mm -hmm. is such an important time and you'll do it and you'll go to the world cup and you'll win and it'll be worth it. And it'll be so great.
0: I love that. I love that that advice. Yeah, just
1: just, just put your do head it. down and
0: grind and just um, win. keep
1: going. <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, that was a little World Cup chat, and we have a lot more coming with the legend, Julie Fowdy herself, right after this.
0: Welcome back to Snacks. We are so excited to have a legend with us. She is a four-time All-American, two-time World Cup champion, and former captain of the U.S. Women's National Team, two-time Olympi- Olympic champion. A huge part of her fame came from the 99ers that changed the face of women's soccer in both the U.S. and abroad. And the host of Laughter Permitted with Julie Fowdy. So welcome. Aww, that's a nice intro. Thank <laughs> you. Well, we Jay me Snacks mentioned. wrote that intro. Um, <laughs>
1: welcome to Snacks, Julie. Thank you so much for being here. We're so honored to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You guys are doing great stuff. Oh, thank you. Well, right back at you. Our first big question after we listed all those amazing things that you've accomplished in your life, how did you do it? How have you done all of these amazing things? (laughs) How did
2: you do it? (laughs) I I think as as anything and you guys know in life, like when you surround yourself with a a bunch of amazing women around you, then good things often happen. (laughs) That's been my theory in everything that I take part in. Just like find the good energy. Find the space where you love the women and then work with them, figure out a way to work with them. And that, and that's, uh, and that always seems to work out, but I was so lucky to be a part of a lot of really great teams. So I think that's a lot of it.
0: Did, did you, when you were done have like, feel a sense of, um, like I want to like, what made you choose media versus like coaching?
2: Oh yeah. Cause
0: I feel like people are always like, what? You, yeah. you want to be a coach? Do you want to go to into broadcasting? Like which why why? Yeah. So coaching I was never
2: that interested in. What's weird is later in my life I'm like, ah, oh, I kinda wish I had done a little more coaching. Cause it's like your chance to impact these younger players and kids and um but I I just knew that I was not interested in staying in the same space in terms of doing the same thing. I felt like I've been doing this for a very long time. I've been playing. I don't It feel it felt very much the same. And so I wanted a new adventure and a new challenge. And so that's why I actually, when I got into television, like my first assignment with NBC to do the Olympics, they wanted me to call games. And I was like, I don't want to call games. I've done that. Like, I would rather learn how to write a story and do a feature and do other things, reporting, sideline, all that, that, um, was new and fun and different. And so they actually, NBC took me under their wing at the first Olympics in, in Torino in 2006, right after I retired, taught me how to do a feature, taught me how to put a story together, all these things that um, I'm super grateful for, but I didn't want to, which is why I didn't go into coaching. I didn't want to necessarily just stay in, you know, and this is the thing you guys are going to find. Like people go, Oh, well, they're a soccer player. They should stay in soccer. It's like, no, you're, Mm -hmm. you're an athlete. That's really awesome. And has done amazing things. And, that is a skill set that can serve you in so many different areas. So it would be awesome if you went back to soccer. Yes. But like, don't let that be your only option.
1: Yeah. Well, Julie, you've become like one of the most trusted and experienced people in all of sports media. Did you, have you found doing that that a lot of the skills you learned and picked up playing soccer from childhood on through your career, do those skills transfer over? Like what is it that you think makes you good at, media compared to
2: what made you good at soccer. Well, again, like you don't realize it while you're playing and you guys may be thinking, oh gosh, what am I going to do next? What's the next stage for me? And what is it going to look like? And you have the world is open to you because you're a female athlete. I think that has played at a very high level because all these things you're learning on the field about uh, pressure and adversity and teamwork and how to be a good teammate and how to be a good communicator and how to deal with setback and losses and failure and being at a point in your careers where you're like, I am going to embrace that failure and learn from it and grow from it and get better and all these things that will serve you so well in this next phase. So when I got into television, like live television was the closest thing I could think of that gave me that same kind of adrenaline bounce that a, that a game did in that competition. I mean, by, literally by the end of my soccer career, I was like, oh my gosh, we have to play Mexico again. If I have to play Canada one more time in a friendly, that means nothing. I mean, and that, when I, when I got to that stage, I was like, I need to be done like this. It it was either I need to be in an Olympics or world cup for it to be exciting. But if it was just a friendly, I was like, nah. So I think what I found in live television is it matches that adrenaline rush you get from playing in big games and big pressure moments. And serves you so well because you're in the same type of pressure environment when you're doing live television and maybe everything's going wrong. And how do you deal with it in that moment? You've learned it by playing it. So, um, yeah, I think that sports will serve you in so many ways and all these foundations you're building as an athlete, you're going to use in your next life for sure.
0: Yeah. I think that's so cool that you said that because I mean, obviously neither one of us are retired, but I always wonder like my next thing I do, is it going to, fulfill me just as much as soccer does or, um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Lynn, or like, is soccer the dream that yeah. we got yeah. and that's the peak and that's the best thing no. we'll ever have. Oh. And the next thing will just be like the normal thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you feel like you, that did not happen for you. Like you get so much fulfillment from, um, doing all the medias you do them yeah. all. So <laughs> yeah, all the media.
2: well, I, I think, yeah, I. I mean, I think Part of it too is, is like, you're always going to have this. I mean, that's the nice thing about teammates is you're always going to have them. I mean, we just did that 99ers reunion with our podcast. And I, I know you guys were mentioning that you saw it. I mean, it's like, it's, it, it's seamless. There's no gap in time. It's like, nothing changes. Everyone's <laughs> the same. Brandy doesn't have the damn Zoom link. She's texting everyone late. She's never on time. I, it, nothing changes. Everyone's roasting each other. So you always have that community and that village, and now you'll be able to go out and form new communities and new challenges and new adventures. And it's different for sure. You miss Mm -hmm. the day-to-day interactions of your teammates. That's the thing I honestly miss the most is just getting that day-to-day interaction and being in a locker room all the time, laughing with them. But, um, you always have them. So, yeah, you guys are going to go on and crush it. Are you kidding me? What do you want to <laughs> do? Let's
1: talk about that. Oh, god, Let me – This. Let me we want to do this. Day. We want to do podcasts. Good.
2: <laughs> Yay. We I love anytime.
1: snacks. We, I know. We isn't it so snacks. fun to
2: do podcasts? Yeah. I'm like, you, you're telling me I just go and talk to awesome women all the time? Okay. Yeah.
1: I know.
0: Everybody right? always asks that. They're like, what do you want to do after? And I was like, I want to do what I'm doing now, but like minus the soccer. So, just Well, you can. Podcast. <laughs>
1: Oh, Jacks and
2: lunches. You could lunches. still do <laughs> – Yeah. <come> on, <laughs> could, we need more women doing doing games
1: and stuff too. So you could do a little soccer.
2: Well, You could, Julie, you could kind of you, do like me. You dabble in soccer and you do a little bit of everything else. I know. You do the I Little
1: know. League World Series too. I've talked to you about this before. It's so cool. I love when I turn on another sport and I see you out there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know nothing about
2: baseball. They literally said to me um, – "I And I had forever wanted to get on that beat because I just saw how fun it was and – the guys who ran it were some of our soccer guys, but there was always like an Olympics or a World Cup or a conflict. And so it took me a long time before I actually got to it. And when I said to to, to Maddie, who who used to run Little League World Series, I go, well, I don't, Maddie, what, what do I do? I know nothing about baseball. <laughs> he goes, I don't want you talking baseball. Go have fun. Just go have fun with people. Go be you. And I was like, you know what that means. That's trouble. You don't want me to just be me. <laughs> He goes, I want you to be you. Go have fun. And literally, that's all I do. I just go talk to people. And they're like, okay, that's perfect. Go.
0: Well, I want to bring us back to your podcast because you mentioned it a bit. We are wondering, like, is that like the best catch up you guys have had in a long time? Like, we know that you guys get together for some <laughs> like a The 99ers events. one? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. We haven't had 18 of us together like that. And I, I don't know when. I, honestly yeah. it's been a long time. We had that reunion I think for um one of your guys' games in what was it our tw- oh in 2019 I, it was our, yeah. our 20th anniversary.
1: Yep. And I
2: think we had like 16 or 17 of us there. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, we had 18 of us on and that team is something. They're just fun. I mean, that was the thing. It's like you think back, people always go, well, what's the memory? What's the, you know, the moment that you miss the most? And I'm like, it's not a moment. It's just like constant roar of laughter with that group. And I think it's a good reminder when people see it, like the laughter and uh, and how we were like, yeah, sports are fun. Like we're, we're too damn serious with it with kids. It's, yeah. it's It should be fun. There should be a lot more laughter. In it. And I see my daughter playing and I'm like, let's have fun. This is joyful. This isn't stressful. Let's go. I know. I feel like it's changed a little bit. Don't you feel like that? Totally. Like Totally. Did you guys have that stress of getting into college and scouts and emailing them? Was that, I mean, it's insane. I have a 16 year old sophomore in high school who is on an ECNL team and like she's, it's like so intense. I'm like, oh my
1: gosh.
0: I think me and Sam had different uh, experiences. So, Sam, you go and tell yeah, me.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I was getting asked to come on visits. And so I went and visited at my favorite schools and luckily you were already
2: on youth national teams though. Yeah.
1: Like I feel like luckily I was like wanted at the schools that I wanted to go to. So I just picked UCLA and it wasn't that stressful, but the fact that I was like 16 when I decided, uh, people at my high school were like, what are you doing? Like nobody got it at all. Uh, I think it was like the fall of my junior year. Oh, Okay. um, so I I didn't have a very stressful like recruiting process, but I'm very like type A in general. So I always like at club practices was like staying after and doing running and sh- extra shooting and like needing to be the best. And if I didn't score a goal in a game, I was like all distraught. Like I was, I'm just so type A that I stressed myself out, even though everything was like yeah. kind of fine. Right. <laughs> Lynn, what was yours like?
0: Yeah, I think I was like a little bit more naive to the process. Like my... I was still running track and playing soccer at the same time. And I didn't Mm. know which one I wanted to do. And um, I wasn't getting like heavily recruited to anywhere. I think it was like Fresno state. And then Pepperdine was the only other school that wanted me. Um, And my parents were like, you are not staying in Fresno. Like you need to go out and see the world. You can always come back home. Um, Which I think is like uh, one of the best things that they've ever said to me. But because I was so naive, I don't think I even realized that I should have been stressed about it. Um, And so when I got recruited and when everything happened, um, I I was just like, oh yeah. And then when I, when I got there, other people were coming like so so much younger than me through the system. And I realized like, oh, I got recruited like super late and that was crazy. But I didn't realize that until like after the fact. Oh, well
1: that's good. Julie, what kind of soccer parent are you? Oh, great question. Um, I'm like running up and down
2: the sidelines screaming at my kid. You need to tackle harder. No you're not. <laughs> I will tell you that her very first game, I said to my husband, "Oh my god, do not let me say. It. This is when she was like 6 years old, right? She played for the Blue Lightning where like the shorts and the socks met at the middle, right? Cuz they're like so short. <laughs> and she she played on the Blue Lightning and I said to my husband, do not let me say anything on the sidelines. Like, I just need to be quiet and shut up. And literally, you know, they they go in these little scrums when they're like six, seven years old. And Izzy happened to be standing outside the scrum, my daughter, and the ball popped to her. And there was like a direct line to their little pug goals. And I was like, you take that ball and you run, (laughs) Izzy! (laughs) (laughs) And like, this is like the first game. The parents didn't know who, who that was. They were like looking at me. And my husband was like paging crazy soccer mom
0: <laughs> like,
2: oh my god i can't believe i just said that out loud
0: so like how are you now i know i don't older?
2: i i try i don't ever say anything to her to izzy i just like do team things like here we go blues you got this does she ask you though is she like super she's aware of faces? like she went through a phase where she wanted a lot of information and then she's like no more information <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now she's back at like I try and give really minimal information, because she went through a phase where she was like too much, yeah. right
0: Was um, there ever a time where she like didn't want to play, and like, or was oh yeah, she like- well no, thankfully, but
2: I have said to her many times, like if you don't want to play? You don't, you don't need to play. I've even said like, you don't have to play in college, play D2, play D3, play intramurals. I don't care. Soccer doesn't define you. It's not who you are. It's what you do. And they think of it as like, no, I'm a soccer player. That's all I know. That's all I do. This is no, 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 oh. you're not. There's a lot. Of things me, Lynn and that I have, in.
1: Lynn and I have had that conversation a lot, actually, last yeah. year when we were both injured for so long. Yeah. we didn't, we all of a sudden didn't have this one thing that like mm-hmm. brought us joy and a sense of purpose and a sense of connection. Yeah. Um, And luckily though, horribly we had each other, which was really <laughs> helpful. And I don't think we would have made it through without each other, but mm. for us even be, I was almost 30 and I was going through this, like, who am I if I don't have this, if I'm not good at this right now. So right. it's really hard. I feel at any age to
2: to deal with that
0: yeah yeah i just feel like soccer at least for me and sam i'm assuming and julie i guess all of us it's the place where you could like forget about everything like you just had to focus on the field and being free out there and so when you have like all these life stressors you'd be like i'm just gonna go to practice and i'm gonna just forget about it or i'm gonna play in this game and then when we were injured yeah it was like we we don't have that outlet so then we had to find one and then and then we were like okay are we putting is the outlet like helping us or hindering us and i think that mm. we had to navigate that a lot of, right that balance yeah, yeah like f this like i'm injured i'm going to do this and then realizing like oh crap i can't do that that doesn't help me get back yeah. to what i want to do so
2: yeah i i actually was of the mindset too that um which i think is a healthy one and a good one for you guys to think of that i i always wanted um so for example you know people used to say to me you should watch more film you should study more about your game and i'm like I know I should. I would be a better soccer player because of it, but I wouldn't be happier because, because of it. I know mm. me. Me needs a lot of variety in my life. If it's just soccer, and some people are not like this, right? But I was not, I, I was like, if it's just soccer and I have just blinders on for soccer, I'm going to go crazy. So I need some stimulus and intellectual stimulus in other areas. And so I really worked on. Like finding other things in my life that were interesting and skill sets and, um, and following those things. And I think that made that transition into my post-soccer career so much easier because Mm -hmm. it wasn't just a find. So this may have been a blessing in disguise that you guys had to go through this early, right? (laughs) I was like, okay, we've got to find these other things. Um,
1: because then that transition I think is a little bit easier. Okay. So Julie, we need to ask you about the world cup this year. Um, everybody's going to be interested in your thoughts on the tournament. There's so much news about it all the time. The U.S. Women's national team is about to be in camp. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, what are you excited for? What are some big changes from when you were playing? What are your, what's your like first take on the world cup 2023?
2: Um, Okay, well, because this just happened today, I don't know when this episode is going to air, but the fact that Julie Ertz was back on the list, I was like, wait a second. (laughs) We need to talk about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, So what are your thoughts? Tell us. I I mean, well, one, she's got to get with a club. I know she's in the process of doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. And two, I don't know. I mean, she hasn't played for two years, so not a lot of time. I mean I think she'd I be a great addition to have if she's fit and ready to go for sure. But it'll be interesting to see how she how she looks, right? Yeah, um,
0: I'm I'm excited to see um how she looks. I think that like what this is like so such a side thing, but what is cool is that because of like the new CBA and the fact that moms have to come back in um yeah. and have the ability to to she's great
2: because that was earn the case. spot yeah. like i
0: think that that is just like a cool mm-hmm. um thing that we fought for and then that now we're seeing being implemented obviously we saw it with um like crystal and alex and um yep. but yeah but yeah i think that it's it's maybe and more Casey highlighted now. back in as well yeah. too
2: which is great
1: yeah
0: it's gonna yeah. be like
1: it's gonna be like like, kids taking over. Everywhere. <laughs> I know. I know. I think I saw there was going to be five kids in camp. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Last wow. camp, it was so fun, too, because it was, like, Charlie, Marcel, and um, – Who else was there? Oh, uh, and Kamari. Yeah, yeah, and Kamari. And they were having, like, dance parties. Oh. And it was so cute. That, yeah. that it,
2: was when we had – when Joy and Carla and, and – um, who else had kids while we were playing? Was it – photop or maybe rampone i can't remember but we had kids and it was just like oh makes such a difference it totally changes the vibe okay so back to world cup sam i know we can't get into this here but i'm super sad to not have you right now so oh, i'm super sad too but th- I, I mean, thank you, and i know I... this has been a slog for you so i yeah. give you a big hug from virtually thank you a big thank squeeze because i know it's not easy the transition from you know a lot of veterans and experienced players to you know this younger squad has been interesting to watch and so i think in the end it will balance out to a good mix right and you have the mal pew swansons and obviously sophia smith and um what happens when kat Macario is coming back right or tiana davidson is just getting back i mean there's so many or juliet as we were just talking about there's going to be so many huge decisions that black goes going to have to make uh when it comes down to picking a team. And I think that's a good problem to have because always the United States has such depth. But the thing that I really noticed in covering the Euros, which we did for ESPN last summer, is just how damn good Europe has gotten, as you guys know very well. So obviously England, we know. Spain, we know if they can get their federation in order and get some of those players back. They're still good with that B team they have with missing 15 players. But um, I think that's going to be the real challenge is Europe and what they look like and how healthy they are because when I was watching those Euros, I mean, there, there's some good teams over there.
0: Well, this is something that I think that kind of leads into our next question is um, just like the, the fact that the NWCL is going to be like mid season when the world cup happens versus Mm -hmm. um, in Europe, they're just going to be ending their season in May. And, and me and Sam have talked about this um, when it was 2019 and the fact that um, she thought that that was like a big, um like positive in the fact that everybody was like played in. So do you think that yeah. that's going to have an effect? Yeah. Yeah. Rather than it being
2: the end of your season and you're wiped. Mm-hmm, yeah. and, well, it's interesting with the Men's World Cup being in the winter instead of the summer like it normally is in Qatar, how that seemed to give a little bit of a boost in terms of uh, fresher mm. legs, I thought as well. So I do think that that plays a part. I mean just like you see in the January games that when the US comes in we're in preseason mode and haven't been playing and you know a lot of these european players are in the middle of their season so um they're doing they're doing much better. But yeah, it's it's just that now you're seeing all this investment in the women's side which is fantastic. Yeah. And we've waited forever for this. Um and now you're seeing these programs take off in ways that, you know, when I was playing, we always said, Oh God, if Spain ever got serious about their women's program, we're screwed. If you know, Brazil ever cared about their women's program, we're done. Um, And you're seeing now what's happened when England starts investing and all these countries have. So it's good. It's a good problem to have. We want, we want other countries to be competing against us.
1: Yeah, totally. And what are your thoughts on um, like FIFA's approach and how that's changed, especially since you were playing when the first Women's World Cup wasn't even like called FIFA didn't even want to associate their name with it, right? It was called like the, the M M&M. M. M&M Mars Cup. Yep. Yeah. No,
2: we can't call it the FIFA Cup. That would take away from the men. How dare you? <laughs> that's crazy. We literally called the M&M Mars Cup or something. Or Mars Eminem Cup. Yeah. Oh, my God. Night and day. I mean, we're still fighting FIFA with, you know, this is how long it takes. Just this mindset shift. I saw they bounced the, you know, the pool of prize money up to what, one hundred and ten million, which is great, which is literally double, almost double what they were going to do. So that's obviously closing that gap between the men. But we're not nearly there. We, I mean, the thing that frustrates the heck out of me, honestly, is when you go to an event and You guys know this. I mean, in France, for example, in 2019, unless, you know, you really were an avid women's soccer fan, it's not like at a men's event where you get in the airport and there's signage and on the street, there's signage. It's just signage everywhere. And they invest in all of that and the marketing behind it. And they don't do that yet. So when they start investing that kind of support money and marketing money into the women's game is when we're going to see it take off even more. Similarly, like
1: what's your thoughts on how U.S. soccer's approach has changed? Over the oh years. my
2: gosh. It's so nice. Literally when we were at your game calling, she believes cup. I was like, well, where, where were we in February? <laughs> she believes cup. I looked out onto the field and I was sitting next to boxy and I, I go boxy count their staff right now you guys were training I was like count their staff there are more staff members out there than there are field players and and, and then when Canada and Japan were walking in from their training they're like carrying all their stuff their ball bag their cones I was like there's no carrying of gear with the U.S. team there's like 700 staff members to do that now so oh my gosh it's changed a ton which is fantastic I love it I'm like oh, you have a boot bag
1: Oh, yeah, we, want Well, thanks bag. to you all, first first and foremost, yeah. you, you taught us and taught our veteran players how to advocate and fight for more. So obviously you all uh, paved the way, so thank you. Yeah, um, but
2: you guys got it over the line, most importantly. You rolled up your sleeves and were like,
0: let's get this done.
2: Well, and I'm yeah, like, I,
0: thank God. But I don't think you you learn that if, if you guys don't walk through what you guys had to go through. I think that like that's besides the winning legacy on this team. Um, the other cool part about being on the team is just like the fight for equality just in all areas. And I think that you learn that and you like embody that once you get on the team and you're like, I'm going to fight for the, the next generation and the future generations, just like the people from the past. did. so, so yes, maybe it was like our generation that got across the line, but it doesn't start with us by any means.
2: Yeah. And I think that's why, um, you know, there, it, it was when, when, we were at that game in September when you all were there signing the, the document, Sam, when you were sitting at that table, there's such a feeling of pride. It was very maternal almost. It's like, you know, when you see your kids doing, like you've passed this baton on and you've said to Abby and you have said to Alex and Carly and all the others who we bridged right with like, okay, you got to run with this, but you got to keep sprinting. Don't stop. Do not stop. You keep running. And to see, you know, and Rapino and all of you carry that on and get it over that line was so fulfilling for us because it's like you're watching your kid go, oh, my God, we got it. We did it. We finally got it over that line. So um, we I mean, I wish you could see like our 99ers text chain when you know, all of that was happening, especially with Cindy's role that she played in mm-hmm. and as you know, the president yeah. and one of our own and she's lived it, knows it well, and obviously has lived through the frustration of it. So <laughs> there was so much pride in us being, um, a small part of that. So, but that you guys got it over. So Heck yes. Ah,
1: that is so cool. Well, we have more questions for you, Julie, including more of your thoughts about the world cup. And we will be back with those right after this. Don't go anywhere.
0: Okay, welcome back. We want to talk more about the World Cup.
1: So, Julie, do you have anything that you would want to share, like a message with the team, um, any advice for them moving forward into what's going to be a really heightened and emotional time during the World Cup? Like, what would you want to tell the girls?
2: So when I look at the the thing I would say is when I look at the common denominator of all the teams I played on for almost 20 years, right, of national teams, and every time we went to a World Cup or an Olympics, the one the teams that won, right, were the teams that got the, we used to call it this, the 18th, 19th, and 20th player right. So we had squads of 20 back in the day. So that would be your 21st, 22nd, and 23rd player nowadays, if you have taken 23. We literally, would go in and tell Tony, here's the last three players we want you to take on this team. Because we felt if we got that right, and the bench understood the value of what they were doing, if they weren't getting minutes, they weren't getting time, but they were all in on the, the success of the we, the collective we, and the we being greater than the me, then we had a chance at winning. And it's when we got that right, and there was a real vibe of like, we're in this together, we understand our role, we got you, we got the team, then we were successful. So fostering that, that team chemistry, which was hard to do, I know, in COVID. I heard a lot of people talk about that um, with the isolation involved there. Um, and and then the other thing we talked about at the top of the pod is just the joy of being in that moment instead of being stressed by the moment, embracing it.
0: Julie, what I wanted to say is, um, I mean, I've only gone to the Olympics, but not the World Cup, but I feel the same way when it comes to, like, the world uh, – sorry, um, NWSL, like, championships. Like, the teams that yeah. everybody – knows the role. And, and that doesn't mean that you necessarily love the role that you're in. If you Mm. aren't like, of course, everybody wants to start and play, but just knowing that at some point it's not about you as an individual. And it's, it's just now like, how can I help this team win a world cup, win an Olympic championship? And I think that the unique thing about the U S team is that you are always competing to be on, on a spot. But then at some point your brain has to switch and say like, okay, I'm not competing anymore to get on the roster. Like I am on the roster and now what can I do to make sure that this roster wins?
2: What helps those last three players get to that point where they feel that value is is the stars or the starters or the other players making Mm -hmm. them feel like they're valued. Like your presence with us makes me better. Like oh, Tiffany great. Roberts, Cindy Parlo, Danielle fatopoulos players that never, well, Cindy Parlo played, but like some of those players, they didn't get any minutes at a world cup or an Olympics, but because of them, we were so much better. And I would tell them that all the time, or a veteran would tell them that all the time. And having those conversations as well, like it's, it's an investment and in just not them as a player, but them as a person. And they feel like, ah, I got your back. I got your back. And I don't care how many minutes I get. I'm I'm in this. I'm in this. I'm all in this. And so I, that's like the thing that we don't talk enough about, honestly, with with you sports as well, like the, the value of of unifying a team with team chemistry. So,
1: yeah, I think like so many problems will pop up during a tournament, whether it was a tactical problem or the bus breaks down like so many things are going to come up and it's so important that one of those problems isn't that somebody is bringing the vibe or the team or
2: bringing negative energy
1: to the to the circle so i love that you said those last three players are can be the most important ones because that's just like a sure thing we're not going to have any issues with somebody not playing It's we're we're yeah. good that's not a problem we have to worry about and a bunch of other stuff is going to pop up
0: sam i completely agree like i feel like i learned that lesson at the olympics too yeah. Where, especially this past olympics when it was like such a, like a rotating roster yeah but you're like what do i need to do to help this team win if it's obviously originally i was an alternate so i was like i'm gonna make these players the best they can possibly be to win so that means i need to be my best and then when the roster started changing you're just like if you're not on it, you're like okay. My goal now is to scream so loud that I lose my voice, so those <laughs> girls out there like That's can awesome. can hear and like you have a different perspective from them on the field. So I I just love that that was your your message. Is there anybody that you think is worth noting or you're most excited to watch? I mean, I'm super interested.
2: Obviously, we've seen how well Mal is playing Swanson. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still like wanting to say Pew, so I'm I'm working on that how awesome she's playing. I mean, I think she just feels like she's at the next level, but I, I am interested in Sophia Smith coming back from, you know, a little bit of an injury. It sounded like, um, I know she'd been training with Portland, but she hadn't played in the last few friendlies together. And then what's so interesting is that, you know, is Lynn your position. There's a lot of competition for that position. Mm-hmm. You coming back, Mitch Purse in that mix, right? Obviously we know, um, mm-hmm. Kat Macario is coming back. She's more in the nine or the 10, but um, so some of these injured players, like Cat, like Tierna, like Kelly, coming back, Ertz, like what do you do with those players who are just now coming into the mix? Because there's, you know, there's not a lot of chances to evaluate them with U.S. games.
0: They're all, you guys are all going to get evaluated, I imagine. I know we had a little bit of an injury bug last year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, is there any player? And Kelly,
2: what happened? Was it Kelly's hip or was it ankle or what was it? Like, oh, my gosh.
0: I'm going to let her speak on that. Yeah. I true. have no idea. I have no Facts. Idea. Facts. Good idea. Um, is there anybody that you, like, if they were 100% ready to go that you're like, this is a player to watch out for?
2: You know who I actually liked in your game too, Lynn? Hmm. From me. um, Florida State? Jenna. Nice I know. Longer.
0: I and know. you ever
2: in that, like, was she playing in an outside back position? Yeah. I think she's going to be a fun, a fun rookie to watch. I Obviously, here's another one. First. Yeah. I, I, I like Jen a lot. I liked her in college. I, I called some of those college games of hers. Um, I also am very excited. And this is a little bit selfish because of my Angel City ties, Alyssa Thompson and the the pace she brings to a game like literally when she would touch the ball in the game against you guys the entire stadium would go "Uh." (laughs) 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 they'd all rise i think that's you know that's the kind of player you want on a team where you're and lynn you have that impact when you're touching the ball and scoring game winners against angel city
1: (laughs) well that brings us right into our last main topic julie um your involvement with angel city what was the process of joining up with that group like
2: Oh my gosh. So fun. <laughs> it's such a cool group as you guys have heard, I'm sure. But I mean, it's f- female majority owned and led and it's just has this incredible vibe as you all have lived, right? Like so much of your experiences in any meeting or any pitch or anything is you spend all this energy trying to explain why someone should invest in women or women's soccer or women's sports. And you spend a lot of time and energy explaining why, why, why with angel city. It's yeah, it's like, yeah, no, shit, we get it. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to expend any of that energy. We understand we're going to just build on that. What do you want? What do you want this to look like? What is, what is possible? So this is such a cool experience. And when Mia and I were approached as owners, um, I said to Mia, we really should get, Like anyone who's played in Southern California on the national team or is from Southern California should be a part of this. And it's going to be like just one big tailgating party all the time with our teammates. (laughs) Like, let's just make this a big reunion every other weekend. And so we talked to Julie Ehrman, who was the president and is the president, uh, and said, hey, can we open this up to all the national teamers, of course? And she was like, oh, my God, yes. So we emailed all of them and said, hey, what do you guys think? Do you want in? And literally within two hours, all the emails started coming back. And it was just like capital, all caps, bold. Yes, yes,
0: <laughs> yes,
2: yes, yes. And within two hours, I was like, you've got all 14 of us. Thank you.
0: <laughs> that's um, awesome. No, the, the atmosphere that you guys have been able to create there is like unreal. Yeah. What do you
2: think, Glenn? Was it, Well, that wasn't it your was first awesome. time playing there, was it?
0: Yeah. No, yeah. Because all last it? season I was injured. So that was my first time oh, playing. Oh, that's right. It was awesome. I think that, um, you know... Obviously, like with the national team, you're used to uh, crowds like that. And then the only other time you really get it or in my career so far has been like either a championship game or when you go to Portland. Yeah. So to be able to see that and, and knowing that like San Diego had just done it the, the yeah. day before, it it's almost like, no, this is like what we should be expecting now to come yeah. into. And yeah. um, one, I think it's it's just a, it's an amazing atmosphere. Um, yeah not to put a dagger a little more, but like hearing the silence of the crowd and like the awkwardness when you score, yeah. Yeah. it's like, inc- you it's pretty incredible. game
2: winner, Sam, <laughs> it was like dead time. It was yeah. dead quiet. It was and it's cre- like, I said that too, <laughs> to, to, to me, I was like, Oh
0: yeah. It, it was like, it went from like, I can't even hear my own thoughts to, Oh my gosh, it's dead silent. Yeah. Um, obviously as an away person, like that's the sound you love to hear is nothing. Yeah. Um <laughs> but it's incredible. And I think it also though, like gets players ready for when there is a big event, like uh, a championship game. I remember our first championship game, Sam in 2016, um, our coach came up to us and was like, Lynn, this is going to be the biggest game you've ever played. And there's going to be this many people involved. And I was like, are you trying to make me more nervous? Like what? Um, and so I think that now it, you, it's just what you expect. You're like, there's going to be a huge yeah. crowd. You get used to just playing on that level. And it's, yeah. it's an amazing As atmosphere. it
2: should be, right? I this know. This is what we've wished for so long. I'm so, I love that you have all these new owners coming in and saying, okay, we're going to change things up. We're going to, we're going to invest. been long with... enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sure has. Julie, are there any thoughts you can give us or share anything about this docu-series that's coming out about Angel oh, City? Oh, I know. Did you see the the little teaser on it? Yeah, we've heard so much about it. Natalie Portman directs it, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. So Natalie's group um, has been, honestly, it's amazing. Like every meeting, every game, there's always cameras around. We do these Zoom calls every quarter and, you know, our ownership group is just incredible it's like hey Jennifer Gardner hey Eva Longoria oh my gosh hi Natalie um but you have all these zooms that they've recorded and it just has really um they've done a really good job I have no idea what it looks like I haven't seen a rough cut of it but like knowing the volume of footage and I sat for an interview of course a bunch of us sat for interviews and and Natalie is so rad y'all I don't I like for this woman to say, why don't we have a team here? And then not stop there as most of us would like, well, that's a huge idea and a hairy ass thing. <laughs> no, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't know how it. to do,
1: I don't know what's next. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I don't know how to do that.
2: She just kept going. Right. And then got Kara so Norman cool. and Julie Ehrman. And like those three between Natalie, who I call our godmother and catalyst behind this all, Kara Norman, who's an amazing venture capitalist and Julie Ehrman, our president, those three women are changing how we view women in sports.
0: Um, This isn't one of our questions on the thing, but I'm just going to ask it with like, obviously we need more investment in women's sports and it's so cool to watch somebody like you who's going to invest in what you've done with Angel City, but like how, what are your thoughts on new teams coming in and that kind of investment?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And what you're seeing is it's a new type of investor and owner, Mm -hmm. right? Like in the past, I feel like they've had the best of intentions and Maybe just not the deepest of pockets. But mm-hmm. as we know, like it takes a lot of money to do these professional leagues. And one day, this isn't a short-term investment. It takes maybe decades, you know, centuries before you get a return on that investment if you do. So what you're seeing though, I think, which is such a good sign for women's sports, is the type of investor that's coming into the women's side of the game and in soccer and in other sports is, you know, some institutional deep-pocketed investors that get that there's, Mm -hmm. it's not just we're doing this because it feels good and this is the right thing to do. This is a good business move. And that's what I think is really promising in this women's sports space. And all the data backs it up. I mean, like I was talking to, you know, uh, Angie Long, Kansas City's owner and I was saying it's crazy how quickly this is accelerated where, you know, 20 years ago when we won the 99 world cup, we're like, this is going to change everything. And then 20 years later, we were like, we still are going to change. I swear. It's almost there. And like, finally it's like, you know, and it's just accelerated so quickly. We were talking, she was saying, you know, it's like a bullet train. And if you're not getting on this thing, you're going to miss out. So,
1: Julie. Well, thank you so much for coming on snacks and thank 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 you you so much for your continued investment and impact that you're having on the game where, obviously like have looked up to you for years and years and years and to have you come on our show was really cool and to know how invested you still are in making the game better is really inspiring as well we loved having you Uh, and then can you give us a i did see your
2: promo on that
0: (laughs) (laughs) whoa (laughs) oh Oh my my god Okay, that was great. Thanks again to Julie for coming on and being such a legend. Uh, before we let you guys go, we have something fun. Let's do a quick Q&A. As a reminder, you can ask us questions using hashtag AskSnacks on Twitter. Yay. So, ask What's... Snacks is back. I know. Okay, you want to okay. go? Yes, Question I do. Question number one.
1: Question number one. You have to do one of these TikToks every day for the rest of your life. A get ready with me. A choreographed dance or a review of every dinner you eat, what would you do?
0: A get ready with me.
1: I would do a review of dinner.
0: Yeah, that, that like checks out, that tracks for both of us.
1: Yeah, the dance, not so much for either of us.
0: Do you remember during COVID when we yes. tried to do? Yes. <laughs> we should post that. We should. We absolutely should. It's like pretty. It's like one. We did it for like an hour. Yeah, it's
1: like the original TikTok dance. Like literally, like it's one of those rap songs that like got popular on TikTok like in 2020. And me and Lynn were, I don't. I couldn't tell you one single move.
0: You should find that. Yeah, it's probably in my drafts because we were like, we're not posting that. But no, I mean, it's so embarrassing. I know, but you get to like review good food every night. with Pat because he cooks for you. That's like I'm That's jealous. true. But it's it has
1: made it so obvious to me how pathetic it is when I cook for myself. And like I'll I'll literally just make like I'll take scraps from the corners of the I fridge know. and be like I'm having like basically a lunchable because I like my version of cooking is so pathetic compared to Pat's.
0: I always think about this like when I have children, like those poor kids Because half the time, like if it's like the meal that I cook, I'm just like, I'll just eat it. It's just me. I'll just eat dry chicken, whatever. Or I'm like, okay, I don't really want to cook. I'll have like some cereal. That's not healthy. Don't do that. But like my poor kids. (laughs) But didn't your parents ever do that with you? Be like, it's cereal and bagel night for dinner. And you'd get all
1: excited. Yeah. My mom would be like, it's breakfast for dinner. And it was like eggs and biscuits. And I was like, yes. This is amazing. I know. It was like lit. Okay. Question number two from Twitter. Um, so last week Lynn decides she doesn't need her arm this week, her boots. What's next week?
0: No socks. You're a crazy girl. I'm a loon, a Looney tune. Um, no, hopefully <laughs> trends in the other direction. Like yeah. I get all the things back. Yeah. That would be ideal. Like you guys, my arm situation. It's like, I, it's probably the worst thing that could happen to me. I know. I feel bad for you. You look like a little bionic arm out there. You poor thing. I read on um, Instagram, somebody said, Lynn has the most Jack Sparrow run I've ever seen with my arm, <laughs> and I was dying laughing. That, that's really funny. I know. It's like not great.
1: You poor thing. But
0: adversity, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right, Lynn? It doesn't kill you. Adversity is the spice of life. Okay. Question number three. <laughs> From Lauren, also on Twitter. My mom got her haircut at Supercuts, and I thought she was crazy. Anyways, is Adam Sandler a potential snacks guest? Hashtag Supercuts Sam. Super Sam. <laughs> hashtag Supercut Supercut sam. sam
1: It worked. It's officially it's out there. It's a hashtag. It's out there in the world. Supercut Sam. Well, thanks everybody for the Ask Snacks. Those were is Adam We forgot to answer the Adam Sandler question. I doubt it. Like obviously, we'd love for Adam Sandler to come on snacks. Um give us some fashion advice, but I doubt that he's got to. So
0: somebody at the game um, was talking to me about super
1: cuts too. So <sighs> I knew it would take off. I do. I do have a confession though. I had to send, we were just talking mm-hmm. um, about this obviously on our last podcast. And I said that I didn't regret anything. And I did try to do my hair a little bit yesterday. And I did have some regrets. My hair was not cut that well, but I stand by the convenience and the price. You really can't beat that.
0: Yeah. The price is what makes it like, okay. Yeah. But, but it's fine. Send me a picture and I didn't look good. No, you looked like you were in the eighties. I know
1: it it wasn't (laughs) great. You guys, it really wasn't, but you know what? I have, I have other great qualities. Yeah. You just, you'll just keep your hair in a ponytail. Keep my hair in a bun. Um, well, thanks for the questions. You guys, I, those were, those were great. Absolutely great, insightful, penetrating questions. Keep
0: asking them. Keep, keep hashtagging ask snacks.
1: Yeah. You know what? I, this is a promise I'm going to make, and now we're going to have to do it. I want to do an advice section. Yeah. Where we ask you all for advice, but then also you guys ask us for advice and we share our life wisdoms, mm-hmm. tricks of the trade,
0: advice secrets from of the Lynn sauce, and Sam. All right next week on the podcast is week 3 megan rapino so don't forget to rate and review and one last thing sam you did the opener so i guess i need to do the closer
1: my random thought is that i i'm ready for summertime oh same isn't everybody just ready to be out Warm? on a patio soaking in the sun with a nice cold lemonades in their hand, a nice cold lemonades. Yep, I said it and I meant it.
0: Yeah, I mean I can't wait for
1: sunglasses sun. on, uh shorts on, not a giant coat. Yeah. Anyways, so summer is coming. Everybody, just is keep it? us, keep it, <laughs> keep it in your. What are you saying? <laughs> keep going. Like... I need you to go? <laughs> Don't, uh, thank you all for listening so much to our ramblings. Don't forget to subscribe to Snacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snacks is produced by Jay Wolf, Lauren Day, Patrick Cadino, and John Murray. For more great women's sports content, go to justwomen'sports.com and be sure to follow Just Women's Sports on all your favorite channels.
0: I'm Sam Lewis. And I'm Lynn Williams, and you've been listening to Snacks. how? <coughs>